Hey friends, producer John Wright here. When I was making the documentary, Leaving My Father's Faith, uh, it was after Bart Campolo stopped believing in God a few years ago. I sat down with Bart and his famous Christian father, Tony Campolo, for eight sessions in front of the cameras. I mean, we were rolling for hours and hours, each day for a few days in a row. And although many of you have now watched that film, the film itself, on Amazon or online, Nobody except me has ever heard the actual long-form conversations in their entirety. And so I thought it would be cool to share them, finally, uh, with supporters of Humanize Me on Patreon. And so we're going to do that. Patrons of this podcast will get one new session a week uh, from that conversation for eight weeks in a row between the two Campolos, father and son, in dialogue, talking about faith, doubt, the nature of belief, the Bible, the basis of morality, and lots of other stuff. These are stimulating conversations. They're fun to listen to. They're full of insight about the differences between the way the two men think. I think you'll love them. Uh, there's a link in the show notes on today's episode where you'll find this week's session, or you can go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Thanks. Now let's get on to today's episode. Listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. And this is a Q&A episode, which means that John Wright is in the house. He's with us. John, hi, sailor of the people. How are you? How are you, people? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was great to have you, man. Yes, and you. We just had a. We just got off uh, talk, a whole morning together, basically. I know, I know. Without you know, we we're doing business, trying to figure out how to create some merchandise for this show, and 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 how to, you know, how to. Convince it would be nice to more... have t-shirts, wouldn't it? Yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna get some t-shirts, and uh, you made me these these cool postcards that I took to that conference in Wisconsin, that Free Thought conference. Mm -hmm. um, this sort of just basic postcard things, and a few of the people said. Hey, take that and put it on a bulletin board at my grocery store. And yeah. I thought, yeah, we should probably have a little place on the website where people can get a little bit of humanize me stuff, stickers. Oh, that's the other thing. A lot of people are like, gotta have stickers. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Okay. So anyway, we're working on the swag. And so any, yeah, that was fun talking this morning, but like now we're going to make an episode. Let's do it. So, Hey, before we get started, I did want to say one thing that I did learn um, from you this morning is that you've been posting those long form conversations that we recorded with my dad back when, when, when you were making that movie. Right, right. So we sat down for, I think, three days straight, pretty much, right? That was my memory. Yeah, I wore the um, same damn sweater the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's such an ugly 80s sweater. And I get people make fun of me all the time for it. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Um, but yeah, no, so I, so there's hours of material between you and your dad. And I was listening to it recently and I'm kind of thinking, this is really good. Like I could really listen to this for a long time. I wonder if the people on Patreon would like it. So we've been doing that. The second one is up uh, this week and then there, there's eight in total. And so 
Uh, we'll be doing it for the next several weeks. So if you want to get access to it, just go to patreon.com slash humanize me and it's, it'll all be right there. All right. So that's a thing. That's a thing. And, and Patreon's also the place where people who want to support the podcast because it's helpful to them. Right. Do so. Exactly. All right. Now, so the question is, do you have a question? I do have a question. Hi, Bart. Uh, this is Marianne calling in. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you um, so much for uh, your podcast. I love it. It's really helped me um, grow as a person this last year and helped me take more responsibility for my life and especially in my relationships. Um, but anyway, so I here's my question. I Well, first of all, I am a parent of a 12-year-old daughter. One of my daughter's best friends tipped my husband off that she's very interested in a boy at school. And my husband started panicking and has started to, like, immediately check her phone. Um, and I found out that her, my daughter and this boy have been talking um, a lot over the phone. And he's kind of freaked out about it. So I'm more worried about um, what happens if my daughter finds out that he's my husband's secretly reading her text. Um, but I'm also a little bit curious if you have any ideas about keeping her out of trouble um, when it comes to sex and just relationships in general. So thank you so much. Um, I look forward to hearing your response. Sex again. <laughs> no, because like hey, last week. We're on week, this relationship streak. I know. I know. And, and, you know, I'm aware that for some people, last week's episode with Marty Klein was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I, in some ways, like, I think it was bound to be uncomfortable. I probably should have anticipated some people's discomfort just because we were talking about pornography and we were talking about sexuality. And I think Marty's whole point is people have a really hard time talking about sexuality in our society. Right, right. Knowing what to do with that topic. But, um, but you know, I, I, I saw a couple of comments and letters that came in various forms. and. I, I, you know, I also realized that for some people, the optics, or in this case, the sonics of two <laughs> white men talking about pornography, like not condemning pornography, doing anything but condemning pornography, like mm -hmm. for some people that was hard. Right, right. And that, com that comes mostly from Dr. Klein's work on on that topic right yeah i mean it does come out of his work on pornography and in particular it comes out of the fact that his approach to mm -hmm. pornography you know it's funny I, I was reading something that he had written and he said you know what does it tell you that there are 80 kajillion books about how porn ruined the author's life and only a handful of books like yours um that suggest that porn isn't the end of the world you know doesn't that tell you something and he was like yeah, it mostly tells me that I'm flouting the wisdom of the marketplace in favor of doing work that actually makes sense to me. Well, he's, I mean, he is a bona fide expert. Uh, I, I think the the journal of, or the, the Encyclopedia of Human Sexuality, he literally wrote the section on pornography. He's He is a, about as expert as it gets on that, on that oh, topic. Oh, yeah. Like when, when I went off on that podcast about the end, end of the world stuff and people were like, I wish you'd had an expert. What do you know? And I thought like, okay. And I you know came back <laughs> and referred people to people that know. In this case, I had the expert. He is the guy, yeah. And, and, I, and, and some people might say, but he, he can't be an expert on pornography because he's not a woman. And on, like kind of only woman, women can talk 
you know, about the exploitation and the objectification and all of that stuff. And what I would say is like, yeah, we weren't talking about that. We weren't talking about the production of porn. We were talking about the consumption of porn. Yes. Yes. And a man certainly can be an expert on the consumption of porn, particularly if he studied it for 50 years. <laughs> yeah. What we were really talking about wasn't even, wasn't just the, the effect of porn on an individual, but the effect of porn on relationships and in particular on couples. Mm -hmm. And Marty is, you know, I, I don't know anybody who's counseled more couples or had more conversations or done more research about the impact of porn on relationships than Marty Klein. Well, and especially the fact that he's a therapist in a clinical setting. So he sees people yeah. about this topic all the time too. And, and that is not to say, John, that every expert would agree with him. I mean, you know, there are a lot of different- With different views of everything. And, and so when people say, well, why did you have Marty Klein? You could have picked a different expert. And I go, yeah, but like when I read Marty Klein's book, I agreed with it. Right, right. Um, and it makes sense to me. And so, you know, I, I mean, it was interesting because, you know, I, I, some of the people that, that, that got in touch were, were saying, you know, but what about the women and what about how pornography affects the women that make it? And, you know, and I thought to myself, that is a great topic. That's not what we were talking about. But, you know, we did have, I, I was thinking about that episode, what was it, 315, when we had Glenda Jordan on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a, she, she wasn't a sex worker per se, but she was a, she was in the adult entertainment. And, and I mean, she would say that she is in the, I think she would say that she was, she's in kind of the sex industry. Yeah, I think so. She, she talked to us about uh, objectification in general and uh, the male gaze and, and all that stuff. It was a really interesting episode. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you can't do everything in every podcast. And so the conversation with Marty was about how does the consumption of pornography affect relationships? I think the con the conversation with Glenda Jordan was about when is a woman being objectified and is that always a bad thing? Um, right. so, 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 I mean, that's the thing, like there's the consumption of porn and then there's the production of porn. And so if you're a consumer, you do need to ask of anything. If you're a consumer of vegetables, you go like, nobody's going to say, vegetables are bad for you. Vegetables are destroying your relationship. Vegetables will cause you not to be able to, you know, perform in a romantic relationship. I, nobody's saying, but, but still, your vegetables, which are themselves healthy, could be being produced in an incredibly exploitative way. And so, you, you know, you might need to really think about where your vegetables come from and who's making them and whether or not you're paying enough for them or whether you're getting them from the right sources. Coffee, you know, fair yeah. trade coffee. And, you know, it turns out there is such a thing as fair trade porn. Right. Yeah. There, there's a movement actually, I think. Oh, yeah. I, and uh, when I was at USC, I, I, I used to work with this professor named Heather Berg. And we should put her website up because she is I, one of the great experts in the sex trade. And, you know, I remember watching that movie, Hot Girls Wanted, which was a really disturbing portrait of how young women in particular um, get swept into pornography production and used and exploited and, and cast out in bad situations. And Heather Berg was like, yeah, there's more to the story than that. And this is, you know, there's all sorts of labor market issues. And so there's, it's a fascinating kind of 
topic of conversation. But but again, like you could be having it about porn or you could be having it about vegetables. Like I think we all need to be a lot more cognizant of how our buying and how our consuming affects the people at the other end of the of the assembly line. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's really important, and it's and it's also like a pervasive and and sort of ubiquitous problem. Yeah, but for our purposes, you don't hit a home run every time. And Marty is such a world expert, and I I felt like I left some stuff on the table. I I mean, I really do hope that if nothing else, I pointed people towards his work so that maybe they'll they'll read some of his books or articles on their own because I mean, he really knows what he's talking about. And if I, you know, if he, if that didn't come across in the conversation, it, it's 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 on me, not on him. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, my point is is that I, I was like, I, I, this, you know, I, I'm with this question comes over, I'm like, "Oh, here we are talking about sex again." Um <laughs> But this, this, this woman is asking a very different question. Right. Very different. And, you know, and, and you know, you got a 12 year old kid and all of a sudden you realize like, uh oh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> She's noticed. He's noticed, you know, like it, 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 like they're interested and that's a really scary moment for a parent. Right. Right. Or for many parents. Um, and I, I, I think that. You know, the question that she's asking, do you have any bright ideas for keeping our daughter out of trouble when it comes to sex? I think the answer is, yeah, I do. And maybe the first bright idea I have is to ask yourself whether that's really your goal. I mean, because it seems to me that's a fairly low bar. Like, mm -hmm. I want my daughter not to get in trouble when it comes to sex. You know, Woo, we made it. <laughs> uh huh. And I'm thinking maybe, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that in my own life and with the parents that I see that seem to have the best handle on this stuff, that's their goal is much deeper where they say sex is a really important part of the human experience and romance and relationships and, and perhaps a partnership. These are things I do want for my kid. I want my kid to have a wonderful partnership with somebody who really cares for them and really nurtures them as a human being. And I want the sex that they have. I don't want to know about it or picture it, but I want my kid to have a wonderful sex life. And so then it's just and, like dot, 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 but not yet. Right. But again, like I think even when you say, but not yet, the question is, how do you define sex? Because if you if you're talking about sexual intercourse, you know, mm -hmm. this is back to Bill Clinton. I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> right. You know, you go. He he was thinking in very technical terms about sexual intercourse. But the question is, when you know two thirteen year olds hold each other's hand in a movie theater, what is that? And what I would say is that there, that that's that's on some level a, that's the, the beginning of a sexual relationship. That's, that's them relating to each other according to the laws of attraction and giving each other physical sensations and physical pleasures that are also wrapped up with emotional um, pleasures and emotional feelings. And I think a lot of times as parents, when, when people come to me, they're like, there are all these wrong roads that I don't want my kid to go down. So how do I block this road? And how do I block that road? And how do I keep them from going down that path? And I'm thinking, you know, maybe a better thing to do is to try to figure out what path you want them to go down and see if you can make that path 
more easy to navigate if you can sort of steer them in the direction of a positive relationship with their sexuality and with romance and with other people instead of just trying to keep them from bad stuff. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it's a lot about can you get into a, a, a conversation about it? Can you, can you talk about it? When my daughter was about 12, I remember standing with her at the beach one day. We were just, you know, throwing rocks and talking and stuff. And I wanted to open this conversation, didn't know how. So I, I remember saying to her, like, do you like any boys? And she was like, no, I don't. You know, and like, and I wouldn't tell you if I did. I, you know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I ended up saying to her, okay. So let's, let's assume you don't, I, I take you at your word. You don't, you, you're not into anybody. You're not, you don't have a crush. You're not, you don't care. I said, but if a huge monster came up out of this lake right now and, and, and said to you that it was going to eat you and your entire family, unless you married somebody and stayed married to them for the next five years, you're going to have to live with somebody for the next five years. You don't have to like them. You don't have to, you don't have to, you, but like, you're going to be stuck with somebody for five years or else we all die. Who would you marry? And she said, well, that's ridiculous. I know, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm not saying you like this person. You don't even have to like, I'm just saying like, who would you marry? And I still remember her, like she paused for a long time and she said, and I said, really? It was this kid who went to her school. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd seen him in all the school plays and stuff. I said, really? She says, yeah. She said, I, I don't have, a, I, I'm not into or anything, but she said, he's really, he's really nice. Like all the kids like him and he's funny. And I think like, if I had to stay with somebody for five years, I'd want them to be funny. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I he's nice. He's funny. And, uh, I feel like, you know, he, he wouldn't embarrass me. And it was, and, and you know, so I ended up saying like, that's so like, that's a really that's a really good reason, you know? Cause I mean, if you're stuck with somebody for five years, like yeah, my mom and I, her sense of humor is one of the things that makes things so much better for me, especially when we're under pressure is that she can make me laugh. It's like, wow. so we end up talking about what makes a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, for the next 10 years, that question came up over and over again, you know, at any given time I might say, okay, so the monster comes out of the lake. Who is it now? And it was- It's, it's it was, a way into those conversations. Yeah, it really was. And, uh, and, and the good news is, is that, that now we're talking about what makes a good relationship rather than who turns you on. And, 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 and you might say like, well, you know, it's kind of important. Also, he's, he's kind of cute, isn't he? She's like, yeah, you know, then that would be good too. And- um, and, and so you're able to sort of frame everything and you end up talking about relations. And that gave me a chance to talk about my relationship with her mom, you know, in a way, not just like, I love your mom, but to sort of go like, yeah, as a woman, here's why she appeals to me. Here's yeah. what I'm looking for in a woman. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good conversation to be having with kids as they're growing up. Definitely. So, I mean, I think that, you know, I think a lot of times parents are like, I've told my kids, if you have any questions about sex, you know, I'm right here. Ask me. They will never ask you. <laughs> right. 
And, and, and you know, it's, it's why the, the privacy thing, like kids don't care that much about their privacy when they're five and six and seven years old, because there's nothing they're embarrassed about or nothing. But like, that's why she's, she's not wrong in thinking she should be worried about the fact that her husband snuck in and used and, and looked at the kid's cell phone. Mm-hmm. Because that's a whole other issue is. Should, should you snoop? Yeah. Should yeah. you snoop? Because the, I mean, there may be a short-term advantage of like, you get some information, but if the kid finds out, um, the trust goes away. And if the kid doesn't trust you, then they won't come to you for information about their relationships. Right. Well, and plus, uh, you know, in, in my own relationship with my son, I've sort of decided there's certain things that I don't want to know too. <laughs> this is something that uh, Dan Savage talks about sometimes, you know, the, the whole snooping thing. There's a, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Snooping, snooping's going to bite you. And, and I think so. that, that could be a whole other conversation about privacy. Cause I mean, there are things, there's even privacy within a marriage too. Right. And do yeah. you leave the other person some space and do you respect their privacy? Um, but, but in this case, what's interesting is, is that, like, I, you know, since we're talking about sons, I, I remember at one point when, when my son was old in high school and he was dating and it was pretty clear to me that he was, um, engaging in behavior that was beyond what I did as an evangelical Christian <laughs> and beyond what I was comfortable with at the time. And he told me something and I was like, Oh man, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And I remember him stopping me saying, Hey, you know what? If you want, I can tell you exactly what you want to hear. He said, you can ask me what I'm doing and I will tell you exactly what you want to hear. And you can content yourself that like all is well. Um, <laughs> He said, but if, if in, in that case, I'll have to figure the, every, all the stuff out on my, on my own. He said, but like, I think you know some stuff about relationships and I'd really like to ask you questions. But he said, I can't ask you if like, you're going to freak out every time I tell you something. So he said, I could tell you the truth and it might make you uncomfortable, but at least you'll have some input. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I'll do what you tell me to do, but at least, at least I'll know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. He's like, how do you want it? Well, you know, of course, I, I want to have input. But, you know, a lot of times parents will say to their kids, you can tell me anything. And then when the kid tells them something, the kid finds out like, oh, you really can't. So be careful before you tell a kid, like, you can tell me anything. I won't judge it, won't you? You, be you, better, you better think of all the possibilities and, and, and sort of get your game face on so that, you know, you can basically say whatever the person tells you. Because whatever your kid tells you, the appropriate response is, huh. How do you feel about that? You know, hey, dad, I, I just had sex with, you know, two girls and three boys all at once in the backseat of a car. You know, you go like, what's the correct response to that? And the answer is, huh, <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Like, uh, how did that work for you? Like, you know, because a lot of times you don't need to judge the behavior anyway. Mm -hmm. The kid's going to go like, well, the reason I'm telling you is like, I'm freaked out. Like I, I, you know, and you go like, okay, well, let's talk. But, but, but you've got to have, you've got to make a sort of an agreement between you and your, and your partner uh, that when your kids bring you stuff, you're, you're actually going to be safe people to talk to. Right. Yeah. Um, you have to work at that. That's not, that's not something that comes by default. No, no, but, but, and I think like that, but the main thing I would say is like, if they come to you, it will be after you've had 15 conversations where you came to them 
asking good questions. One of the questions is people are like, well, my kid won't date till she's 16 or 15 or whatever, or he's 12, you know, 17, whatever the arbitrary limit is. Like, what a stupid thing to put an arbitrary <laughs> limit on it. Mm-hmm. Might be a really, a really good thing to do would be to go like, why do you want to date? Like, what do you think is the point of dating? Now, there's a great question. What's the point of going out on a date? Like, you're 12 years old and you're going to go to the movies with this other, with this boy in your class. Why? It's a great question. Not like, why do you like him? But like, why, why do boys and girls want to spend time together? And what good can come of it? You know, and then you can talk about like, you know what? I dated this girl when I was in high school and we didn't get married or anything, but I made this mistake in talking with her and I felt really bad about it. And I learned that you don't talk to a woman that way. And that has really helped me in my life. You know, I think like one of the reasons we date is so that we learn how to be with people of the, of, of, uh, you know, that we're attracted to. Mm-hmm. We learn how to be with people that we're attracted to in a way that, in a way that's healthy. You know, it's, it's like practicing. And, and so, you know, it, and, and that, you, and, and if you start talking about dating in general, then you're able to talk about your dating relationships and what you learned and what you would do differently. And all of a sudden you're talking about like what you value in relationships, what are the, what are the pitfalls and stuff, which is so much better than just putting up arbitrary rules and saying like, you will not do this. Or like, you cannot stay out to pass this late. You know, you, you want to, you want to talk about how relationships really work. And it's funny, I, did, I didn't even have, a, we didn't have an arbitrary age that our daughter could go out. She was the oldest, um, but I did have a rule. And then I said, like, oh, I said, you can't go out on a date with anybody unless they're, unless they, they are willing to come over and, and um, have a Coke with me. Hmm. Uh, you know, cause, and, and she was like, that's ridiculous. That's so embarrassing. And I said, look, I'm not going to you i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna say this guy like you better treat my daughter right or anything like nothing like that when he when he arrives i will not be holding a shotgun no bull no on the contrary i said to her like sweetie your friends like me like i I talked to your friend like you know i'm not gonna i'm i just want to know him and she was like why do you need to know him and i said because you know probably later on you'll run into something and you'll break up or or you'll run into something and you'll be confused and if and if you want to talk to me about like well, he said this, if I don't know him, I don't know who we're talking about. Like, I want to know him so I can be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that later on- Is that on, the real reason? That was absolutely the real reason. And, and you know what? On two different occasions, she got into stuff with guys. And because I knew the guy, because I had talked with him, I was able to say, well, might it be this? And- and she said, like, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. I'll check. And, like, it was helpful that that the guy had eaten dinner at our table. It was right. helpful that he and I had actually one time gone out for a Coke together. I mean, and frankly, you know, one of those guys, after they broke up, like, six months later, he calls me up and says, Mr. Campbell, can I talk to you? There's something going on. And, like, you know, he's, he's just a guy who liked me by that point. Right. Um, but, Yeah. Is there part of it that is is there part of it that's because you want to check out the guy, make sure he's okay? Wait, I'll tell you what you want is yes, you, 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 but you see, like, what if he's not okay? I, 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 even if he's not okay, I want to know how he's not okay because I'm not going to say to her he's an ass, but I might say, you know, you read a lot of books. What kind of books do you think JoJo reads? And and she goes like. 
I, you know, he's not really into books. And I'm like, wow, I wonder, you know, I wonder how, how, I wonder if that'll ever become like a problem for you. Like that the guy doesn't read, you know, I, with, with my daughter, with my son, you know, he had a girlfriend that, that felt like way out there. And in the end, like all it did was I said, you know, I asked some questions and let, I asked questions about, so, you know, her family seems to be so this way. And that's stuff that you don't seem to care about. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Well, later on, you know, he, I remember him coming back to me and saying, I can't shake that like thing about, I could keep asking myself, what about this? And, and so, yeah, I, I've got a little bit of perspective. I'm older. I'm not, I'm not turned on by this girl. So I'm able to see her a little more objectively. That doesn't mean that I like slam her, but it does mean that I sort of maybe suggest a few things he might want to think about. Mm-hmm. Plant a few good questions. Give him some good questions. Yeah. And so I really do think that, you know, you're crazy if you don't want to have some exposure to your kid's significant others. And you're like, well, if it gets serious, then I'll do it. Like, no, the time to do it is way before it gets serious. When it gets serious, then there's too much at stake. And then people, you know, then, 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 then all of a sudden people get tightened up. And when I'm, you know, speaking to this, this lovely question and she goes, you know, her husband's panicking because his 12 year old's interested in boys. I'm Mm -hmm. going like, oh, this is the perfect time for you to open the conversation. Like the stakes are low. They're puppy loves, they're crushes, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're not, but like, it's a really good conversation to be having. How do relationships work and what makes somebody a good, a good partner, a good friend? You know, what are you looking for in a guy? What are you looking for in a girl? Um, yeah, you want to open that conversation um, early and often. And sometimes it won't work out the way you want it to. And that's okay. Because like, you, but what you don't want to do is go like, today is the day we're going to have the talk. <laughs> there is no talk. There's 50 talks. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as my son realized that like I was on his team, wanting him to have a good sex life, the conversation became a lot more easy to have. Right. But I think his assumption was that sexuality was something shameful and that he not only should he hide it from me, but that I would ultimately, that my desire for him would be to tamp that down and put it away. And it wasn't until he realized that I had no interest in shutting down his sexuality that he was able to really talk with me about it. Well, yeah, because uh, if, if they assume that you are going to try to tamp down what they're, what's really the most exciting thing that they've ever felt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so like you're setting, you're setting up again, this sort of epic fight. You've got this kid who, you know, whose romantic juices are flowing. And the question is, how do you, how do you channel that? How do you channel a conversation so that they really do see you as somebody who's trying to help them grow. And, and the thing you might go like, well, Bart, that's easy. You're like, you're married and have a really good relationship with your wife. Like I'm a single parent or our, our marriage is, 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 is garbage or like our sex life is, in the, is, is terrible. So I don't have any input for the kid. And I go like, actually you do, you know, as you can, you, you can talk about things you wish you had done differently, things you wish you had known, things you wish somebody would have told you, um, things you're still trying to figure out. And you, you know, you can, you know, sometimes, you know, I would ask my kids, I would go like, you know, 
what do young people think about this? Like this scandal or this thing? Like, what do you, what do you think of that? And they're like, why are you asking? I'm like, because I'm old. I don't know. Teach me. You know, and I remember, you know, my college kids at USC and at UC, but also my own kids explaining to me things like uh, Tinder and how sexting works and stuff like that. And I was really interested, not so that I could say that's terrible, but like, I was like, I, I wanted to know, like, what's the, what's the water that you're swimming in? What's the culture that you're growing up in? What are the messages that you're getting? And so if you can become curious, sometimes that's a way to get into a conversation with your kids that enables you to talk about what, to, to, to kind of find out what their values are. And, you know, sometimes you, you just, you'll see a kid and you know, they're heading for a fall. And you may not be able to stop the fall, but if you know they're heading towards it, you can send you you can send some pre messages so that when it happens, they don't feel embarrassed to talk with you about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Am I, am I? Do you think that what I'm saying only works for people that are really really smooth conversationalists? I think it works best for people who are really good conversationalists and and also for people who have children who are good conversationalists uh, i think it works best for them but i think it's generally good advice i mean uh tr try your best with the with those techniques because i think you know ultimately communication is what it's about and that that's that's a universal yeah and i think that if you feel inadequate in this um i think that one of the best things you can say to your kid is, I really want you to have great relationships. And I, and, 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 and I want you to have a really good sexual self-esteem. And I want you to like, not let people take advantage of you. I want all these things for you. And I do not know how to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel really inadequate. <laughs> um, and I'm, 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 I'm going to try, I'm going to be trying but like, I just want you to know what my desire is. And I, I wish I was better at talking about this stuff. Um, that opens up a different kind of conversation, but trying to pretend that it's not an issue and saying, well, that's not my thing. Like some people talk are good talkers. I'm, I, you know, I'm really, I'm a good provider. They're like, yeah, you know what? Everybody has to provide and everybody has to talk. And so if you're not a good talker, um, admit that, even confess that, but that doesn't, that's not where it stops. Like I, I was thinking Marty, uh, after that, after that podcast conversation, he sent me this other book that he wrote, um, called sexual intelligence, uh, mm -hmm. what we really want from sex and how to get it. Now there's, you know, this is a really good book, but like there's a thousand of these, right? And so if I'm a parent of a 12 year old, I'm going to read a book about sexuality, or I'm going to read a book about relationships. Not because I need to, but because I want to then be able to say to my kid, hey, I read this chapter and it said this. I don't think that's right. Do you think that's right? And you triangulate. Instead of me talking to you about what you think, let's you and me talk about what this crazy author just said. Because whether the crazy author's right or whether they're wrong, if we're talking about them, we're talking about our values, we're talking about our relationships, we're talking about what we want, what our goals are, what the pitfalls are, and that's the conversation you want to be in. Mm.
So, so I, I, I will say that like, yeah, I've been doing this a lot and I'm a freestyler and, and, and all that, but I, I really think that sometimes being ignorant, openly ignorant and saying, I don't know how to do this, but th- so I'm going to try this. I, I think that's a great strategy. The o- openly open ignorance. Right. Not the novice. The novice says, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. Um, and a lot of kids say to me that ultimately what matters most to them in these relationships with their parents is not if their parents always get it right, but if they absolutely see that their parents are trying over and over again to make the relationship work. Mm. All right. Am I, am I beating my gums now? No, no, no. I, th- I think it's really good. I mean, it's, it's just good to hear the inside of or some of those ideas. Like, I think, you know, if, if we were to observe you in a conversation with, with your kid, it, you wouldn't necessarily come off as quite as intentional as it sounds when you're saying, here's how, here's how to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what? Because I think that, and this is why I want you to go back if you're a couple or if you're a parent, like talk with a friend and sort of go talk openly with each other about what your goals are for your kids' future relationships. What kinds of relationships do you want them to be in? Mm-hmm. What do you want to characterize their relationships? Like develop a vision for your kid. I want her to be with a man who treats her this way. I want her to be able to talk about things with, you know, I want, I want there to be mutual respect. I, I, I want her to be sexually fulfilled. I want her to be with a man who actually cares about giving a woman pleasure. Um, and and I, 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 want, I want them to be, I want her to be able to laugh. I want him to be, I want him to be the kind of man that women feel safe around. Like, like lay it all out there, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and again, the kid goes like, why are you always talking about relationships? And you go like, because it's like the single thing that'll probably determine how happy you are, maybe more than anything else. So like, it's, imp- you know, like, and, 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 you know, either because you go like, because it's something I think about, because it's like something I want you to have, but, but th- they're going to ask and you're just able to look them right in the eye and say, cause I really want you to have a great relationship someday, or maybe five of them in a row. And I really want you to have a good sex life. Mm. Right. But that's but but I promise you that if you just say to your kid, you can talk to me about anything, they won't talk to you about anything. Yeah, it's a good that's a good point. And, and you know, one more thing that I would say is that we may have listeners who are on the other side of this question and who sort of maybe feel like they've screwed it up or maybe feel like, you know, it's too late or their kids are already in some situation or whatever. And what I would say there is like call the queue line, uh, the numbers coming up at the end of the show, if you have a specific question about a specific thing that you're dealing with, and we'll, we'll address it in some future episode. Yeah. Or we'll address it offline if it's personal. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, but, but yeah, this is a conversation and you know, I, like I, you know, I, I do a lot of one-time conversations with people, you know, the, the, the introductory conversation that I don't charge for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's all it takes. You know, people will call, they'll reach out and they'll say like, this is something I'm worried about. And you seem to have a lot of background in these kind of relationship things. Can I talk to you? And I'm like, the first conversation is always free. And for, I would say half the people I talk to, that's all it is. 
it's just one good conversation. So yeah, it does. Don't worry. Like if you've got something going on and and you reach out, it's not necessarily going to show up on the podcast. Right. Um, right. But but it might if you want it to because you're probably not the only one struggling with it. Well, yeah. And so, and so to be really clear, if you call the Q line, which is the number coming up at the end of the show, that's for the podcast. If you have something you want to talk to Bart about by yourself or, or in private, uh, get in touch at bartcampolo.org. Right on. All right. I'm really glad that that woman sent that question because I think that talking to kids whether they're our own kids or sometimes, you know, it works differently if it's a kid on your basketball team or if it's, you know, somebody else. And like, there's some things you can't really broach with other people's kids. But I'll tell you some of this stuff, the cat calls, the, the, who would you marry if you had to marry someone? There's a lot of questions that uncles and aunts can ask, that good friends can ask, the teachers can ask that aren't so much about sex that are about relationships. And the thing is, is that I, I don't know anybody who really gets relationships right that can't figure out the sex eventually. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, John. Hey, thank you. Yeah, this was a good, this was a good, good time. And, uh, and for, for everybody who's listening, we'll catch you next time on the backside on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook to ask your own question on the show. Leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. 2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life.